Hey guys, did you know that it's easier than ever before to create your own podcast? Before you needed hundreds of dollars worth of equipment just to get started, but Anchor lets you do it for free. By using your laptop or your phone, you're able to record anywhere and anytime and even edit the podcast exactly how you want to. Again, this is all for free, which is crazy. Anchor will even take out all the work in distributing the podcast so you don't have to worry about it. It'll bring it to platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and of course, the Anchor app itself. All you need to do is either go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app to get started. Welcome, everybody. This is the first episode of Interviews with Drew. I'm your host, Drew. To the <laughs> Thank you, Ty. To the left of me, I got the one and only Donovan. Thank you for coming, bro. I What's appreciate it. it. Nah, appreciate thank you for having me, man. I know you got a little bit of a cold, but I appreciate you making yeah, the commute. No, this isn't like the R&B sexy nigga voice. This <laughs> is like a real, genuine flu. But, but the album is, and we're going to get into it a little <laughs> bit later. We're going to get into that a little bit. Um, but I didn't know that you live in Mount Vernon, man. Yeah. I didn't know. So you went from Brooklyn. You grew up there, born there? Yeah. Um, but I was just telling you, telling me before we started rolling, like when Jamaican or just Caribbean niggas get money, we just keep moving more and more upstate. So, gotcha. you know, like my parents started doing like a little bit better for themselves and then you got to move mm-hmm. out of the hood. Yeah. But we really just moved to another hood because Mount Vernon is just as bad as Brooklyn. <laughs> it's just more trees <laughs> and shit. I've been, I've been uh, having this conversation with a lot of people uh, from New York and... You know, it's just the five boroughs, of course. Everybody knows the boroughs. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, Mount Vernon and Yonkers, those are like the two yeah. more, more popular sections of New York that yeah. people know about. And there's a lot of people. We talked about Nico. Shout out to Nico. Uh, niggas, fucking Diddy from Mount Vernon. Diddy. It, but like, yes. it's like me, or it's like niggas from Mount Vernon don't like repping it like that. Because like, yeah. I, I identify as being from Brooklyn. That's where I feel okay. like I got a lot of my shit from because... Um, I grew up really religious and going to church a lot and mm-hmm. my parents' church was in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and I played ball in Brooklyn. So I was always hanging out in Brooklyn and it was always about getting out of Mount Vernon, you know, taking that two train every second because I just hated being there because it was just as boring and then it was it was boring and then it was just as dangerous. So it's like, well, I'm going to be somewhere that's boring <laughs> and dangerous when I could be somewhere that's lit and dangerous. A little bit more fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, were your parents instrumental uh with you doing music like how was your upbringing with them did they always play music around because you you just said that they went to church a lot was a lot of gospel music at home i'm guessing yeah uh gospel music entirely where it's like i have no formal music education um it's just all church um and i think the thing about church that gave me a good intuition early is that you never really you never really learn the rules you just learn how to bring a feeling out of people so it's not mm-hmm. like this chord is an a minor this chord is an a minor seven it's like when i play this chord like this people go crazy and when i play yeah. this chord like that it doesn't really matter so it was all about that and i think the thing about gospel music that's kind of undeniable is like whether it be the way that like musicians play or singers sing they're singing convinced that they're doing it for something bigger than themselves mm-hmm. so it makes the music just like more emotionally potent because it's not like oh, i'm singing about myself it's like i'm overwhelmed singing about this thing that's bigger than me gotcha. so yeah uh gospel music was just generally kind of like 
my music school or something. So what was the first? What was the first time you ever picked up an instrument or played? Was was that church? Yeah, this guy's just lame as fuck. But it was in my church's marching band. That's that's got to hey, be the most corny thing anyone could say, but it's true. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. Um, and then I got really into guitar, and then I started playing drums in church, which was od fun. And then the thing with church musicians is that like whenever one is out, they'll be like, "Yo, hop on the keys right now." So you get like a really general understanding of how to play everything oh, okay. a little bit. That's good. So that's kind of how I learned how to play like decent at everything a little bit. But um, drums and guitar is definitely the the thing I pride myself in. And I was never in the choir or anything. I was never mm-hmm. a singer at all. I've only been singing for like a year because it was really? always just yeah, it was always just playing and and producing singing is like the last thing that mm-hmm. that came yeah gotcha. well at least you developed those skills first so what came first it was guitar first uh i say drums guitar drums first. keys and then producing and then mm-hmm. singing oh well, rapping i was just like a straight up rapper for a while mm-hmm. and then yeah but singing is like it's the last thing in the chain yeah which is weird because people now they perceive me as a singer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you make an R&B album, then sure. there's definitely, definitely singing involved in that. Sure. Um, even if it's just one note for the whole song, it's still, <laughs> it's still singing. Um, yeah. Did So you never listened to any hip-hop at home? Oh, no. Hip-hop all? is a huge part of it. I started off as like a bar-you-to-death rapper, and mm-hmm. I had a deal and everything. I got signed to E1 when I was 17 because I was just like... I was really good at making beats, and I was really good at rapping. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I had a completely other name, which I won't say out loud, so okay. niggas don't search it. Everybody had, that. everybody <laughs> had like, a name, yo, I'm going to kill him with this. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> Ten years later, you're like, Right. I wasn't bad. I just didn't have, I was really on my, like, lyrical, miracle, metaphysical individual. Uh, like, I was, okay. I was really on that tip. Okay. Um, and I wasn't bad. It's definitely how I got the cadence in my music. Mm. It, it's weird some people perceive me as a rapper and some people perceive me as a singer but mm. i think it's the intersection that's really interesting right now people who have like a really strong foundation in like writing bars and then people who have a really good ear for melody mm-hmm. i feel like that's the sound people have been interested in this decade definitely and um but I wouldn't be able to do any of this if I didn't have that like solid rap foundation. Mm. And I had a lot of like OGs really early that like schooled me on everything. And um, as a kid, I just got really obsessed with learning everything about hip hop. Mm. And then later on, you know, everything about funk music and everything about jazz. But like my want to be like a savant in music definitely started in like hip hop and like Mm-hmm. listening to hip-hop podcasts listening to like just trying to interviews trying to learn everything i could about it okay so yeah. he was really in depth with the hip-hop and everything who was yeah. your favorite artist growing up you would say i mean it's really basic but but yay right because because yay. yay is the first person that he was the first artist that i heard and i guess the entire time as a kid i viewed rappers as like wrestlers where it's like oh you're you're like a character you know like this is a i was listening to music and I mean, I guess I was kind of right, but like I was listening to music and I felt like you're not a real person. This is a show. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like, I don't know, my brother had late registration, college dropout, yep. John Legend's first album, which he co-produced and then Ready to Die and a bunch of other, and Stevie Wonder's uh, mm-hmm. a definite collection. And like those albums are really important to me. But with Ye, I could just tell very early that 
one you're a real person like he broke the fourth wall with shit like last call and i was like all right this is music is a different thing now it's not just a performance it can be real life too and these can be real people and then um it was it was just the fact that i could tell he was an arranger because mm-hmm. i knew that's what i wanted to do like i knew that all these people are just like writing and recording their voice and like I, I couldn't explain it at the time, but like mm-hmm. Kanye is really sitting here and arranging vocal yeah. parts and arranging percussion sections mm-hmm. and viewing his shit like a play where it's like, you know, don't get a cam verse because cam is high. Get a cam verse because the texture of his voice over this beat would mm-hmm. sound crazy and really continuing that like Quincy Jones progression. Definitely. It's also, I feel like a lot of people have picked that up in different decades. I feel like. It was Quincy for a while, and then Diddy was kind of the Quincy of the 90s, as far mm-hmm. as, like, psychologically understanding production. And then it was Ye for most of my life. Yeah. And now, I guess, that shit sits with people like Travis, or, like, the new True. generation of artists coming up now. But there's always that person that is, like, the producer of the decade that... True. You could even say it was Dr. Dre, too. For Dre, sorry, I can't believe I skipped Dre. No, you're good, you're good. Uh, but you're that's good. some New York shit, you know? Yeah. And I, I, that's a really good thing to call out, because we are very biased geographically. True. Dre entirely. And the thing about producers is, the history books don't really give a fuck about producers until you're relevant for three decades straight. Mm. And that's what, like, Dre, Pharrell, yeah. Ye, Quincy. It's a short list. Yeah. And and that's that's how you can tell that you're not, in love with a sound you're like in love with mm-hmm. someone's decision making so mm-hmm. as a kid it was yay and i was just like from the art direction to the music videos to definitely i was just i love this man's decision making and i want to do what he does mm-hmm. so yeah there's a lot i like answer. i like that analogy they use about wrestling because uh and and you said it's a play because that's how i describe wrestling to other people i'm like mm-hmm. it's like a play they're out there to perform and do it to their best and their best dope. ability abel- yeah. ability um, so when Rob and I were out there yesterday at MSG, the best matches were the ones where they, you know, they, they obviously talk in the ring and stuff like that, but they, they go over it in the back and then they go out to perform. And then whoever does the best performance, that's who wins and that's who or that's who the crowd likes the most. Yeah. And that's who appeals to everybody. So I, I really like that analogy they use with Ye. Yeah. And don't get it fucked up. Like rappers are still out here being wrestlers. <laughs> like oh, there's yeah. no need to name any names, yeah. but like a lot of people yeah. wake up and are like, how can I sell this image mm-hmm. today? And they're not really being themselves, which is cool because we always need that. We need mm. characters and superheroes and supervillains. But yeah. I've always just felt like that's too much work. Like I can never mm-hmm. not be myself just because I really respect people who actually aren't being themselves because I'm like, that's so much work. I've never heard that. That's interesting. Yeah. It's usually the opposite. And especially with uh, social media, yeah. now everybody wants to to be that guy that that everybody follows and it's not really them and, and everything yeah. like that so it does put up an image um have you ever encountered somebody where you thought that they were like that but then you met them and it's like yeah it's yeah. it's it's most people and i think you learn as you get older not to get mad at the people as much as the structure yes because when you learn how the industry works it's like a really it's really hard to mentally navigate uh, like staying yourself you know like you can get signed to a major and they'll be like, not like you can't be in this relationship. You got to be in this relationship yeah. because it's better for your, your brand. And mm-hmm. what you kind of learn with the more successful people you made is that like brands kind of become prisons and, and you see a lot of people that are trapped in their brand. Mm-hmm. And 
something I try to remind myself and other new artists is like, you got to make that box as big as possible before they close you in. Because they're going to close you in. They have to close you in to sell you. They got to close mm-hmm. you in to ship you off. Yeah, like this is you and then this is what but you're going to do. you got to exactly. fight for that shit early. 100%. And you got to be your full self very mm-hmm. early or else they will take that from you. That's why I was speaking to a friend of mine like a couple months ago and I was like, oh, I like this and this and this. I was like, oh, do you watch Formula One racing? Because I grew up watching it because my dad watched it and everything. And then like lately I've been taking... I've been watching it a little bit more, watching they had a documentary special on Netflix and stuff. And he's like, Do you like everything? And I was like, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I'm like a little bit interested in everything. Yeah, so I don't I don't want to just be like, oh, it's just hip hop. It's yeah. like, no, I like wrestling too. I like F one. I like right. this. I like that. So I don't want to be boxed into just one thing because then you narrow yourself. You can't because yeah. a, a lot of times with celebrities, when they venture out to something, yeah. then fans are like, Oh, what are you doing? Yeah. Like come back, this ain't that ain't you. Yeah. Like come back here. Um so it's it's definitely it's, great. It's, for, it's something you gotta play with and mm-hmm. the thing about yay which is why i said he's my favorite producer is as a kid i fell in love with his decision making mm-hmm. so i remember feeling a little weird when like 808s came out and the sound switched but i was like this is still my favorite artist you know i still hear his mind mm-hmm. and sound switches and good music comes from a need and what is needed right now mm-hmm. won't be what's needed in 10 years so if you want to last you you can't be attached to a sound you gotta be attached to Mm -hmm. your taste Mm because all you have is is your taste and how much you believe in it if you want to last and i guess my my first ep worked now and i'm very proud of it Mm -hmm. um and i want it to be timeless and you invest in it being timeless but Mm -hmm. i feel like that's what was needed last year and now i'm working on i feel like what's going to be needed in 2020 and Mm -hmm. i'm thinking about that i'm trying to stay at least like three to four steps ahead. But um, like you said, you know, like you, you can't let anybody box you in because we're all, none of us are naturally like brands. Like none of us yeah. can naturally be like sealed up and explained in an elevator pitch, which is what you got to yeah. do at labels and shit. Like yeah. we're niggas like fucking Naruto and NASCAR and shit. True. And then they, they will also shoot you. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> and the more you meet people, the more you realize yeah. that. And, yeah. um, it's really fun to be yourself because people are becoming more three-dimensional like now yeah. people now people are like oh it's accepted to watch anime yeah. accepted to to do even though i don't understand it at all <laughs> like i appreciate it when somebody like megan the stallion comes out and says i love it but at the same it's time needed. i'm over here twerking on stage yeah. and bringing fans up so it's just her being there's, her real stuff and there's authentic. people that that come along that i note as permission artists so whether their music is timeless or not they gave you permission and there's very few of those and it's mm-hmm. not always who history remembers because like and i'm i think you know megan and all these people are people that are incredible artists that history remember but um for me i just remember like of or some shit and like frank and just being like as a black man i can be a different kind of person mm-hmm. and you just gave me permission right mm-hmm. like donald glover putting out screenplays that gave me permission yeah. like you know and it sucks, but but we need permission because like society takes away our confidence as kids. Yeah. So good artists come along and give that shit back to you. They sell that shit back to you, mm-hmm. and um, that's the goal. You know, a good that's what Megan is. You know, like 
black women are so fucking oppressed that there needs to be a Megan to show yeah, that to just get you out can there. twerk and yep. be good in school. Hey, and like, yep. sadly, that's necessary, but it is. And that's mm-hmm. important as fuck. Yeah, you could drive the boat and still, exactly. <laughs> still go to class in the morning exactly. and everything and, and get and this shit done. Society sucks so much for black women that there needs to be a Megan to yeah. prove that. But that's why. Yeah. Whenever I see somebody doing that, whether I like the music or a lot, I don't hate on that shit because you all. are literally, it's it, you're doing the work politicians should do mm-hmm. of like I'm physically making it feel better to go 100%. outside as a woman, which is really important. And you could definitely tell when it's when it's authentic, when it's yes. real. You could tell like when somebody's just having fun, being having a blast, just being them, like the baby, like yeah. him knocking somebody out, like that's yeah. him. Like he's just he's just rapping yeah. out at the same time, and he has more uh, more eyes on him, more attention on him. And the thing about even like the baby's a good contrast to Megan because the thing that is really cool with those hood dudes, which is something I feel like Fifty kind of broke isn't open is like all those niggas are funny as fuck. Like yeah. the niggas that will shoot you and kill you will have you dying laughing, and that's time. why like Fifty, the baby, uh, I could think of mad more people, but like it's important that they exist because now those hood dudes feel like they can be themselves too because the yep. baby's making jokes on Instagram so I don't have to be gooned out. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's important for those artists. Everybody's just being themselves now but I wanted to go back to where or when I first found out about your EP. Um, so I was kind of disappointed a little bit with Chris Brown's album this yeah. year, this this one. Uh, it was again like 30 <laughs> some songs. I liked the one previous. It was like 45 but I liked it better than this one and I was like, all right, let me go search for new music because I've been writing articles and things like that as well. And um, and then I just stumbled upon yours and I stumbled upon another artist named Marco McKinnis. And those were, the two, those were the two uh, albums that I listened to. And then I was just blown away by both of you guys. Thank you, man. And then uh, that, it made me, I wrote both of them at the same time and you guys both hit me back too at the same time, same day. Dope. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, okay. So something <laughs> I'm doing it is working. Well, it's the way you got to give yourself credit, man. Like you... you uh, I guess artists like me and then there's a lot of other artists like me we kind of feel like we make puzzles and then we're like well no one's gonna fully get this shit mm-hmm. and then when you put it out and you read something and someone fully gets this shit it's like right, I gotta meet this like you fully got all of this shit that I put into this thing and I appreciate it it's very rare and I think artists that are kind of self-aware just understand that like I'm mostly doing this for me and if anyone else gets it then mm-hmm. that'd be beautiful but most people don't you know most people just it. like hear bad and they're like this is a bop or they'll see the video yeah. and be like this is colorful but they won't get the, the long yeah. story i'm telling feel right now and this is what i'm i'm going through and um then these days came shortly after and then i was like all right i kind of have like a, a story here and then um everything else came that just kind of like filled it in mm-hmm. and um it's it's weird i feel like there's you kind of reach a point with making things sometimes where you're it feels like it there's almost a path laid out for you and you just have to uncover it mm-hmm. and there was a lot of connections in the project that i'd be lying to you if i said that i sat there and came up with everything it's really just felt like i was like unearthing something that was already there and um, I tried to convey that as much in the videos, too, as possible, as far as, like, what I was trying to say in them. Because it just, um, I guess when you're writing from a place that's, like, very raw and you're just saying how you feel, 
um, a lot of times like the music will tell me things and give me advice before I'm ready to admit it to myself. Cause there's like a, I'm much more comfortable being like honest on a song than I am like looking in the mirror and being like, you gotta mm. change this. So, mm-hmm. and then when it's all done, you just listen to it and it's like, wow, it's just like screaming to myself these mm-hmm. things the whole time. But, um, so music is really your release. Yeah. It's it? every, it's too many things to me. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's what I do for work. It's what I do for fun. It's, it's mm-hmm. everything. And I think you really leave yourself very vulnerable when it's everything because mm-hmm. you know if some people shit on it then it's like I can't lie and say that's not me like I can't lie and say yeah. the label made me do this that nah it shit is all me every single decision mm-hmm. but um I think luckily you kind of grow up and you learn to like detach a bit and that you're not for everybody mm-hmm. you know and as long as there are people like you that get everything that's all that's ever gonna really matter you know gotcha um so you said that this is your first time singing as well. Did, was this so? This project that was the first time you ever tried to sing out to to an audience, basically. Yeah. Really, and so for the whole year, it was just you and your band, right? As well. Uh, the band, uh, they don't uh, except for the keyboard player who helped me out with mm-hmm. touching a lot. But um, I, I play and record everything and like mix everything with um some help on the mastering side, but. Uh, for Bad Mind, at least, everything was me as far as, like, the music and the production and the writing. But now I'm trying to branch out and work okay. with a couple of different people. But, um, yeah, it just, it kind of had to be like that because, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just, like, in a in a zone. And I really couldn't think about anything else until it was over. Um, but, yeah, it's it's cool that people feel the amount of hours you put into something in their replay value you know if if you put a lot of it's something i learned from quincy where you know he would like introduce an instrument and always give it like a nice little tie off and like every single piece of the arrangement would have like its story arc and i i i just like was really studying like what gives something replay value yeah um and with bad mind it was really about entertaining myself where it's like I'm uh, 23 now, I was 22 at the time, and I my attention span is shit. So how am I going to make an album to entertain myself? It's got to be 11 minutes, and it's got to be really good and, and really fast, and there's got to be shit zooming in and out of the mix. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was it was really like a big question of like, it's got to have like some element of humor. Like it's ha- it has to entertain me. Yes. And that's when I, I love when I see artists just trying to entertain themselves, because... Mm-hmm. At least with my friends who are artists, I'm like, man, you're a genius and you're really cynical. So if you can entertain yourself, the people are going to love it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to like have a sense of self and then understand that you got to entertain yourself for it to stay exciting. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I, I understand that. I definitely get it because uh, even with mixes that I do, like R&B mixes, I'm working on one right now, Caribbean and Afrobeat mixes. <coughs> like when I'm in the zone and I feel it, yeah. and I'm like, oh, they're going to feel it because it's, and mm-hmm. also when you, when you're, when you see DJ on stage and then he's, his energy is high or her energy yeah. is high, then you get the same feeling then it reciprocates back to the crowd. And what you learn from like mixing and production is that all this shit that makes you good is just the shit that no one else has the time to sit there and do where it's like no one else has the time to like mix the snare for five hours or like yeah. mix the snare for five months so like i'm gonna make sure that like it sound this snare is like perfect because mm-hmm. and it might and you know all of those decisions um individually don't 
influence the way the listener feels but when 10,000 of those decisions add up they yeah. feel like they, and it's all unconscious it all exists in a listener's unconscious listeners aren't even thinking about like ah this snare is cutting too high in the mix but they can feel like oh, there's something off about that mm. and I don't like this artist because there was something off about the mix so it's really important to know that like everything we do as like producers and engineers we're doing for like the human unconscious and like we gotta we gotta know what True. we're doing we gotta know that like that snare is too loud or like these vocals are really harsh because mm -hmm. you know some girl in the gym listening to you they don't know what a snare is but they know like oh they like this yeah so you gotta and a lot of the work as an engineer because i spent a lot of time just engineering it's you don't get rewarded for it so you yeah. kind of got to be your own reward system and be like damn i mix the shit out of them vocals that shit sounds mm -hmm. great because we talked about producers earlier like they're just starting to now really get their due and you could give props to like you said kanye um, they're just starting to get their due. You have uh, a young Metro. You have uh, I'm forgetting a lot of names. Uh, but Met, uh, damn, Take Heath. You have Take yeah. Heath. Um, so you have a lot of producers out here who are just starting to get their credit. But like you said, even just the little intricacies that you find in the song and in the music. Because what happens a lot is I'll listen to something. I'm like, oh, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. And then I'll listen to it for like the hundredth time, and I'm like, yo, I didn't even hear that the first time. Yeah, and it happens with lyrics as well. I didn't hear that the first time. So what makes you go and say that this is finished, this is perfect? This is maybe not perfect because nothing is I perfect. Don't. It's just, really? my, luckily, you got to have, if you're going to be, I guess every good producer, engineer has like OCD to a certain extent, which yes. I definitely have. So you actually need a support system. You need people to be like, you've been mixing this for 11 weeks. <laughs> I don't hear the difference. You're wasting time. You're yeah. ruining your shit. Get on out. to the next song. Because I will... Because what's weird is I I almost... Looking up to Ye, he kind of gave me that toxic mentality where it's like there's this video of Ye <clears throat> during the making of Graduation, right? And like Stronger is already the number one song in the country. But he's in the club in Paris and he's like, I don't like the way the kick is hitting. So he paid 11 different mixing engineers after it's already the number one song in the country to keep mixing the kick. And he's like going to Timbaland and like... Timlin's like, I tried every kick. Like, I played you every kick I've ever had. Yeah. I have every drum kit that's ever existed. Like, yeah. which one do you want? And you realize at that point, like, you know, the song can't get bigger, right? Like, every yeah. people are having fun to the song in the club. But, like, you as a creative feel like that kick isn't sitting right. Mm -hmm. And all my idols are like that in the way, like, Ye is like that. D'Angelo is like that. Lauren is like that. And that shit is really hard in this day and age because we don't have that time right like d'angelo had four years in between brown sugar and voodoo and then 15 years between voodoo and black messiah mm -hmm. yay had three and a half years between like working on college dropout i'm trying to put my next shit out in january so it's like mm -hmm. i gotta make decisions faster and i gotta live with those things i might have to leave on the table faster but um mm -hmm. it's um it's really hard to navigate in the internet age but I do like that I have that mentality because, you know, it's probably why we're here, you know? Like, yeah. it's people do appreciate it when you do it. And people, I think when you put a lot of quality into a mix or into a beat, it makes people feel better because they feel like something was made for me with quality. Yeah. So, once again, all this shit exists in people's unconscious. But That's true. It makes them feel better. It makes you feel better to listen to a good album that is in your voice and made for people like you. Mm -hmm. it makes you feel like you're worth something. So 
as fast as shit gets in as much as artists try to like stay on top of the algorithm and shit i'm not i know that i gotta move faster but i'm not gonna sacrifice anything too much because mm-hmm. happens all the time people rush fans hear it shit is mid on to the next thing and now i'm not checking for your next thing because mm-hmm. i expected a certain level of quality so that's true i'd never tell an artist to rush whether it's it's Kendrick because I wanted him to I want him to come out in 2020 so he could be like I have the best album of 2020 of the 2020s already. Yeah. I don't want him to just oh 2019 just drop or something. And yeah. but he he had the same thing where him in the studio with uh, with Top Dog and Top Dog would have to be like bro you've been doing yeah. this for 17 hours like. Scissor's album was entirely that. It's a yeah. Scissor's album is a classic album that mm-hmm. changed music for women forever and that was something that was like ripped out of her hands. Mm-hmm. Sequence without it, but that's just how good she is at music. That like yeah. even their demos that were like ripped from her changed the world, and mm-hmm. it's like that sometimes, man. It's really like that, mm-hmm. but um, it's a hard psychological thing to deal with because when you do everything, you feel everything. So you know, I'll be listening to something that is done to someone else, but I'm like, damn, that snare isn't he cute, right? That vocal take isn't right. Like, mm-hmm. so you you feel a lot. And then when it's perfect, it's like, finally, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the more you put into it, the more you, you feel. And, like, whatever criticism I get, I actually, like, don't mind it because I kind of agree. Like, just yeah. even if it's, like, being on Twitter and seeing what people say, uh, saying that people don't like, I'm like, I completely agree. Like, really? I didn't. People didn't like it? Uh, no, like, most people liked it. But I, I'll find the hate because okay. I want to see what it is. Okay. And I want to I wanna work on it. You know, it's really important mm-hmm. to... I look up to a lot of like athletes and comedians and the way that they treat their craft. So it's like, mm-hmm. you can't get hurt about it. Like, damn, if yeah. you need to get better at singing, get better at singing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but I know, I know that that's the thing I need to work on because this is shit I've been doing for a year. I was about to say, yeah. you've only been doing it for a If someone were to tell time. me my arrangements and snares were trash, I'd want to fight. But like, <laughs> yeah, if, if you're like, self-aware, yeah, then yeah. You, you know what you're good at, you know what you need to work on. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, and then you do the work, and and hopefully shit gets better. Yeah, I love seeing progression. That's my biggest thing. I love seeing Kanye get more confident as a vocalist, mm-hmm. you know, and see him have to like chop up his verses less. And like, I love seeing Kendrick get better as a songwriter mm-hmm. instead of just like a bar you to death rapper. Yeah, uh, artists like Mac Miller, right? Like, look at that progression. Yeah. He became like a full on brilliant composer. The Divine Feminine was great. Yeah, that was great and he did work. that. There's certain artists that like grow up in front of your ears and it's like really rewarding. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's one of my favorite things to talk about is the growth and progression. And definitely yeah. from uh, this album to the next album that you're going to make, that's then, then the next album, then the next. And then I'm going to be like, oh, I've been listening since his first project came out and all the way here. And here's where he is now. Yeah. Um, that would be my one criticism would be that it wasn't long enough because yeah because i liked it so much that i was like yo continue 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 so it's not even like a bad thing at all um yeah. but but i understand so whatever the artist wants and needs i'm definitely gonna 100 percent ride for what the artist wants and needs because like we talked about the labels they'll be like oh no it's fine <laughs> or be like oh no add this at this joint it needs a hit it needs that and it's just like in this day and age not really not as much as before yeah because you could find very very soulful music that that 10 years ago nobody would look for because it's not uh it doesn't have wayne or drake or nikki on it like yeah so it's definitely a different time right now than than it was 10 years ago it's a different time but what's really sad is the industry senses that and they're fighting tooth and nail for it so it's like they understand that like radio none of this shit matters it's just like 16 year old kids on instagram that matter but then they create 
shit like the playlist system, yeah. which then just ends up being the new radio. Where exactly. it's like the amount of like playlist people I played bad for, and they're like, the song is great, but the hook, the bridge is too long, or like it ruins the like playlist ability of the song. It's like what the fuck, like they they take the joy out of it. Where it's yeah. like. <clears throat> It's those moments that you put your personality into something. It's those moments where you flex as a producer and and you create soundscapes that you want to hear. And sadly, playlists have kind of zapped that out of music because, like, even my friends that are still, like, mixing engineers, you know, an artist will send them a song and then there'll be, like, the references for the mix and the master, like, five songs from the playlist they want to get on. And mm-hmm. it's like, all right, you're just trying to be someone. You're trying to fit into a mold. Yeah. And, yeah, I think the industry got really scared around, like, 2014, 2015. They saw how shit like Chance could happen and shit mm-hmm. like things like Russ could happen, really, without any of their help at all. Mm-hmm. And they tried to reel that back in by, like, controlling streaming. Because the labels have so much um, stock in Spotify and Apple Music because... Mm-hmm. When these companies launched, they were like, we need your catalog. And yep. the labels were like, well, then give us like 50% shared interest in your company. Exactly. So they can pull those strings behind the scenes. And I don't know, you just got to make it, you got to make music that's so undeniable that you can do it without any of that bullshit. Because yeah. it is bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's definitely and some bullshit. Seeing people go independent now and doing it themselves and doing it in their, in their room is definitely fucking with their <laughs> with their money with their mindset Excuse with the issue and then now they want to bring that artist on and then they're going to change the artist then people are going to aren't going to like it anymore yeah and they're going to go back to what they did and like oh finally they're back to their to their old roots and everything like that fans are as smart as they've ever been you yeah. can't can't bullshit with them mm-hmm. and it's insulting to bullshit with them like do not mm-hmm. fuck with me like don't try to sell me some shit that is not sincere mm-hmm and it's it's even for artists whose music I don't like. As if I hear something and I'm like, you are not lying to me and you put a lot of time into this. You put your 10,000 hours into my craft. Even if I never want to listen to that song, I just respect that. Mm-hmm. I respect that in people. It's all love when I see you. And that's that's what's really valuable to me. So when you were making this album, um, did you have like a, a feeling? Was it something like what makes you being like, all right, now I'm in album mode or now I'm in song mode? Like what is it? You take a walk outside because you say you like to walk a little bit and you see a tree and it's like, yo, that tree looks dope. Or, or um, you see <laughs> a movie. A lot, by the way. <laughs> you see a movie and then you're like, oh, I really like that character and their name. And then you, you're like, oh, let me use their name for a song. And then they're a badass. And you, you know, a little bit harder drums or something like that. Because, like, if you think about Black Panther, it's Africa, so it's heavy drums and everything. So yeah. uh, if I hear a song with a lot of drums, a lot of bass, I'm like, yo, that should be in there. Yeah. Um, so what, what motivates you to write a song or an album? This might sound really corny, but to me, it's actually just having something to say. Mm-hmm. Because I guess growing up, viewing myself as a producer, it was really kind of weird kind of depressing feeling a lot of us kind of felt over the past few years of feeling like it doesn't really matter where it's like you know as good as of a producer as i am and how much work i've put into it there's like 16 year old kids from sweden on youtube with tight beats that slap more than my shit so it's like what what's gonna set me apart yeah and to me what really sets artists apart is like the texture of their voice and their personality and your your ability to feel their personality in their arrangements and Mm -hmm. shit and to distinguish their voice so there's a lot of people with like hits like playlistable hits that have 
hundreds of millions of streams but when you hear it it's like i don't really know who this is like is yeah. there's a bunch of things that sound exactly the same yeah so having that stamp of like every time people know you they know who you are and um yeah with bad mind i just had something to say it got out of like a really fucked up relationship mm. and um all i had was music and uh, bad mind is like the jamaican word for jealousy so that was like the mm. it was very jealous at the time and like very petty listening to a lot of future and <laughs> and yeah i just wanted to like make yeah. make what that time in your life feels like like mm. being like an 18 to like 22 year old black man and like trying to decipher between like love and pride and going through like the whirlwind of your first relationship and then it kind of yeah. like fucking with you for a very long time yeah and then it ends like and which is like kind of what these days is of just like accepting what it is and um making peace with it but yeah. I think a lot of people try to skip straight to making peace with it without showing people like, nah, here's how this shit yeah. really felt though. Here's like bad. Yo, I'm a huge Joe Budden fan. Me too. That's all he talked about. So I, my favorite I, writer, man. Like, say yeah. I'm all about hoes, but I'm all about you. Even yeah. when I'm with my hoes, I tell them all, all about, about you. you. Yeah. Like it's um, and that's the thing he doesn't get respect for. Yeah. Um, that type of honest writing, and honest in a way that's like still kind of like masculine it still makes you feel cool yeah like definitely yeah like you gotta have you gotta have that like you gotta have you gotta meet niggas where they're at which is like mm -hmm. what i appreciate about future so much because it's like people can say it's really problematic and toxic but it's like well most men are problematic and toxic mm -hmm. and they need music to help them navigate those emotions mm -hmm. and i think what artists really do is explore those emotions for people who are too busy to. Yeah. So like, and I, and that's why we're not above anyone. We're just, as an artist, you're at your peak when you just view yourself as in the service industry. So mm. if there's another, you know, 22 year old Jamaican nigga from Brooklyn that went through a really bad relationship, but he has to wake up and go to work every day and can't make music. It's mm. important for me to do that, yeah. to navigate those emotions and sort them out. And then hopefully give him something he can find some answers in yeah definitely the the one line that that got me from joe was um I, f I think it was on fifth gear where he said i gave her the gun and she killed the only bitch i would die for when that Bars. shit i was like oh my god that is no so joe got us fucking <laughs> ball players more than ball players Please, like joe has so many of those fucking yeah. incredible ass bars and, and do you know what i i tried to use music like i, I sent i was like this is how i feel because i i had trouble expressing myself yeah we as a kid as especially as a kid you're like i don't know what these no you're feelings a black are. man you're not yeah. taught you're not given the tools to fucking mm -hmm. say how the fuck you feel yeah it's always like you gotta be a certain even as as a black man it's definitely hard but even just as a man like mm -hmm. just growing up you're like no you gotta be tougher than but that. especially us as, but like especially this, as this a black no. man then it's like you gotta be extra tough you can't show any but sign of fire that's why all this shit is exciting like mm -hmm. i think the reason why people resonate with a small artist like me or a big artist like black is because it's like mm -hmm. you're in real time watching us explore these emotions for the first time mm -hmm. like like these days is like a freestyle. Like yeah. I never, that's just how the oh, really? fuck I was feeling that day. And it's just all 
these are real questions, you know, like the questions yeah. I don't have the answers to, things I'm just putting out there. Mm. And when you see someone <clears throat> doing that, it kind of feels like, damn, they're walking like a live wire. Like they're really, and the stakes are high. Cause mm-hmm. like, you know, like what if, what if people make fun of it? What if people don't take it seriously? And, um, I think R&B helps a little bit though. With R&B, it it's like, all right, you're allowed to be a little bit more vulnerable and everything. So, but if you don't give it that masculine edge, niggas will be like, I don't fuck with that soft shit. So you, mm-hmm. you gotta have like, mm-hmm. and I've seen my favorite, D'Angelo is probably my favorite artist ever. And I saw that like, Voodoo is kind of like, uh, the perfect non-toxic masculinity album. That's mm-hmm. still very masculine. When I listen to yeah. that album, it feels like, like divine masculinity. Like here's what men should aspire to. But then on that album, he still has like Red Man and Method Man rapping yeah. about bitches and shit. Yep. And like, you can't lose. Cause then, yep. You're isolating yourself, and you're coming off as better. Especially in, like, 04? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. But it's even now. It's it's just you got to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Like, the amount that Future has probably helped niggas, like, explore how they really That's, feel. Yep. But you got to meet them in the club. You got to meet them in the car. The 808 mm-hmm. has to knock. You got to put that ignorant shit in Because uh, it's real, too. Like, any nigga that pretends like they don't feel that is just yeah. being, like, performative and lying. So, of like, course, because he going home and he over here on his Instagram scrolling and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. But, yeah. but he, when he's out... And nothing's out. worse than, like, the dude who tries to pretend like he's past all of that toxic... Like, you, yeah. you always still feel it. So, like, you got to make it a part of mm-hmm. your thing or else... And then I've seen, like, a lot of artists who try to pretend like they're better than it and they're beyond it yeah. and everything is just peachy clean in their life and then that's when people are like nah, i smell i kind of smell bullshit mm-hmm. like because nothing is perfect no relationship is perfect yeah. so why why would you even try to pre- it's almost offensive to because it makes people feel like am i doing something wrong because i'm not perfect mm-hmm. i listen to future and i feel at home like this thing's just as fucked up as me like yeah. and it's it's very important to like meet people there and then take them somewhere mm-hmm. so don't meet people there and then revel in it like meet them there and then give them some kind of place to go like some kind of message some kind of something because i also don't like artists that just consistently revel in like negativity i feel like it's just kind of pointless yeah 100 percent. and I, one thing that i say is that a lot of men have that one person that if at any time they were like yo let's get back together they'd be like yeah yeah 100. yeah it's like nah that yeah. that's the one and then, <laughs> and then that's that's why i felt uh these days a lot yeah just listening to it i'm just like fuck that's exactly and we the same age yeah and the same thing happened like just, yeah and so it was great to hear somebody who went through a similar experience to me, you know, I mean, Joe's, what, 38, 40 around, he, he act like he's 50, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, got the um, doors. But, to, <laughs> but to, to have somebody who's, who actually understands and knows what, what I'm going through or what I've been through, it definitely helps a lot. Did, uh, did the person that this was about <laughs> hear this song? What's weird is um, we just recently, like, made up okay kind of here we go here we go if you want to make up write a song <laughs> you know what's super <laughs> funny tell so the person how you feel she works in music she's very talented mm-hmm. she's like an a&r but she's got a very talented musical mind mm-hmm. she influenced me a lot because i was making like really aggressive rap music when, before mm-hmm. i met her and like that's the feminine energy will just fucking It'll like change you. musically like if you want to fucking understand how to make songs hang out with some women and like see what they like as just on a because i feel like all good music has some kind of meshing of like feminine and masculine energy mm-hmm. if you want to 
half of the world is women. Like, yeah. I, like l- listen to the like they are the best A and R's. They are the best set of ears. Mm-hmm. I always run things by women, mm-hmm. but um, black women specifically. Mm-hmm. But like, and and then I I guess I kind of made this to kind of get her attention in some really weird twisted way because yeah. I wanted to make it musically so good that she couldn't hate it, but then also like say what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into any details, no, you don't have but to get she, yeah, she was very bad between us for a yeah. lot of reasons, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, and then when she hit me up and was just like. Man, that shit was in- incredible, and I understood that it was about me, and I understood that you'd found your peace with it, that made it all worth it, and it allowed me to move on. Mm-hmm. So, like, like you said, like I couldn't. There was no text I could have sent, but yeah, these exactly. days was that right? These exactly. days was that ability, and she like. I remember I was like promoting this the project on like Instagram and shit, and she kept getting the ads, and she's like, "God damn!" <laughs> and then, but then she eventually like gave yeah. in and listened to it, yeah. and she was like, "Yeah, this is." But yeah, like you said, it's promote your shit on the gram. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's no, dope. like or like if your ex doesn't fuck with your shit, that shit is not fire. Like you gotta make like that is yeah. the ultimate as far as just being matters. like critical. You gotta be like. Let me make something that, like, even the woman that hates if she me. she didn't like it, he, but yeah. my articles don't matter. He over yeah, here. exactly. Exactly, right? <laughs> He's like, man, this shit was trash. No. Yeah. Like, but um, then that, that that gives me permission to move on. And I made that joke of, like, uh, I just uh, found, like, a really good place with my ex. My next project about to be trash. Which is, like, it's just, it's <laughs> it's a joke. joke yeah. But it's, uh, it's more so about, well, now I got to find some other shit to say. Mm-hmm. And I found that. I, I know what I want to talk about now, mm-hmm. but... You know, anyone who just came to me for those specific emotions mm-hmm. might not like the next project as much, but people who are going through other things will. Mm-hmm. So I think you got to be very self-aware and calm and understanding that you might lose some people, you might gain some people. But if you want me to make Bad Mind again, I literally can't. Yeah. I'm not in the same place anymore. Yeah. Um, if I did, it would come off as hollow because I don't deeply understand those emotions exactly. anymore. I deeply understand what I'm going through now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that cuts through. Yeah, and especially at like what 15, 16, 17, whatever. It was like no love lost, some love lost, all love lost. And my life literally went in order with those albums. Yeah, like it was like it was yeah. all good. Then it was like I fucked up a little bit. Then it was like, all right, everything is just throw out the window, everything is gone. So Yeah. So that's that's a progression that, that he did and then then it was Rage and Machine. And so like now it's just there. Um but with you, you're going from bad mind to I'm I don't, I don't know if you have a name Fruit for the child. Root child, yeah, got you. So, so you're going from that to to a next project, and it's definitely gonna sound good. I feel like because because <laughs> you're so. very talented, <laughs> you're very talented, and and just you being able to play a lot of instruments is very very um, impressive <clears throat> to me. Thank you. And and after I saw the video for for these days, you did that in the subway, right? Yeah. And then I, and then I scrolled down. I saw your influences. I saw Marvin Gaye. I was like, all right, Big I understand. Influence. I understand now. It makes sense. Um, and then you said Lauren Hill was was an influence. Huge influence. Were those albums that you went to? Did you go to music while you were making music? Like, did you? Yeah, you gotta you gotta study, and you gotta like. With Marvin, at least for Bad Mind, I was studying "Here, My Dear," which is this album he made. So he was dating Barry Gordy, who was the head of Motown's sister, mm-hmm. and. Um, they were going through a really bitter divorce and the terms of his divorce that he worked out is everything's cool if you just turn in one more album to Motown 
And as like a big fuck you, he was like, cool, I'm going to give you your album, but it's going to be all just dissing her. It's just going to be all. It was the original fucking like future 2015 run of like this is. And like it's because I guess I love music from every era. I like feel how like like he is the future of his time Mm -hmm. as far as like his getting into that bag of like there's so many lyrics on that Marvin album of just like. You talk about like a Joe, like one of my favorite Joe lyrics is like, just get the abortion, I'll give you the 250. And there's this Marvin line that's just like, you know, like these lawyers don't know me, fuck out of my face. And it's like, this is pre hip hop, but like there's something so hip hop about that. And like it's that if you are going through that feeling, I feel like you can resonate with music across all time periods that have that emotion in it. So I found like a lot of solace in like Marvin because that dude's life romantically was always fucked up mm-hmm. and then when all you know in pain is romance when you experience joy it's so euphoric like marvin's yeah. happy songs like sexual healing it's so happy because it's like finally yeah and people think joy is the most like incredible emotion you can experience but it's really a relief from pain mm-hmm. that's really the emotion that is the most joyful it's more joyful than joy so when yeah. you see an artist that you know has been through a lot of shit and they finally make something happy, it feels earned. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's just something that Marvin taught me a lot of. Marvin and Prince also just taught me that spirituality and sexuality musically are kind of the exact same things. Mm-hmm. Where like musically, you slow down gospel music and it sounds really sexy. And, and like all the gospel music, all of Bad Mind is just different gospel songs that I flipped and interpolated in different ways. But I feel like that's like a core tenet of life that like Prince and Marvin really cracked open because they came from the church mm-hmm. and they realized that like uh, that distinction, people try to make spirituality and sexuality seem like polar opposites, but they're really just the exact same thing. And like they sound the same and they feel the same. Mm-hmm. So it's really yeah. important to play with that and it's really scary to play with that when you grow up religious because you feel like you're yeah. doing something bad. But but that's true because when people say that when you're when you're with somebody and you're having sex with them and it's that person, then yep. there's a spiritual connection too. Yep. It's not just sexual. But then yeah. you it becomes just like I was saying with gospel music, where now this is something bigger than myself, right? Yeah, and that's why people who grow up Christian they view themselves as like this is a unity under God, mm-hmm. and it's like it makes so much sense. It's just being repressed people try to make it seem like they're polar opposites but Mm -hmm. i feel like prince and marvin cracked that open and then like d'angelo further cracked that open for me yes and then that's where i like saw this window of like i've experienced all this stuff with romance and sex and i have this like really heavy gospel influence so like Mm -hmm. this actually makes a lot of sense and yeah people will try to it's it's society societally branded to you as making no sense at all but mm-hmm. a lot of times they're just trying to like hide truths from you i feel like yeah it's but, definitely yeah. um definitely i think in the past couple of years especially i've been understanding of music more um it, it start i guess it started in high school um uh, but before that it was kind of like just the hit especially because i lived in canada for five years um so it was a lot of just the hits because yeah. it's not in it's not in America, so I wasn't getting the exact same songs that everybody was getting, so I missed a, out on a lot yeah. of music. So it was it's just better like, that way sometimes. It's I, yeah, yeah. Because I, I went back and I'm like, oh, that was dope. That was a really good moment. Because as a kid, I don't know if I would appreciate it as as much yeah. as I do now. Yeah, uh, I actually never looked at it like that. But um, 
now I, I try to get into the mind of the artists gotcha. themselves. And I try to see exactly where they're coming from because, like you said, it is them being vulnerable. It is them going through something and try to tell the world and try, I guess, seek therapy through through the music and all that. And that's why I think it's so important for when an artist does something like that, does put their soul and, and their body and, and their blood, sweat, and tears into the music, that we appreciate the music, that we give it its, its due justice and, and its credit for, for what the person did. Yeah. Um, for the next project, do you think it's going to be longer than than this one? <laughs> Try it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I want to. You know, people always say like, you know, only compete with yourself, only compete with yourself. But like, that's what's hard, right? Like, people like yeah. when you're. I'm not. I'm not trying to be anybody but me right now, mm-hmm. and I'm just competing with myself. And that's the thing that actually drives me the most crazy being like, I got to improve on this thing that I really believed in. I got to mm-hmm. make something I believe in even more. But, um, with root child, I guess if in bad mind, a lot of the conversations with myself were about like love and pride and like trying to decipher between like your love of someone and your love of controlling something and having something in your life that you can control. Root child is really about like freedom and like understanding like you know i've kind of made peace with a lot of these insecurities who am i now what do i like stand for Mm -hmm. um and then when you the thing that's funny that i i realized that actually made me less scared about my music not being trash anymore is when you find someone that is actually very healthy for you it's almost like even scarier because you're like damn if i lose this one Mm -hmm. god damn because this one is like i'm really fucked up if i lose this one yeah so there, there's always a conflict and yeah. good songs are movies and movies are stories and stories need conflict. So like everything mm-hmm. needs a conflict. It's not going to be a happy album, but I'm dealing with different shit now. With Bad Mind, I was dealing with my ex and just being broke and trying to figure shit out. And now I'm dealing with, you know, like this new girl and who's really great and dealing with industry pressure and shit, mm-hmm. navigating music and you feel it, you know? It's the same way I was dissing my ex on Bad Mind. Now I'm kind of like dissing A&Rs and shit. <laughs> but it's really important to yeah. like still... And more important, the music is more fun now because yeah. I'm not trying to prove... I'm not trying to like get a 10 on Pitchfork or something. Like I don't care about that anymore. Yeah. I'm trying to impress myself and my friends. So yeah. Everybody's going to make a list. Yeah. Everybody's going to have their opinion. So that's, that's why... Again, and they do it like the day after the album comes out. I'm like, did, yeah. you, did you sit down with it? Did yeah. you at least... Like the only time I, I'll ever do that is as I think well it comes out on Friday and then I did it I think it was that Monday but that was because I listened to it like constantly that means yeah. I listened to it nonstop and I was like by Sunday I was like I, you, you I knew how to, you felt about it I was and like I need to write not. about it but it wasn't just like oh it's Friday so I have to do it sure. I, I would never do that yeah. I I at least give myself a week or at least or two weeks to to sit down and write about it but yeah. before I even ever decide to to say what I think this person, because it's hard to interpret. Yeah. Interpretation on an album, it could go really good or it could go <laughs> left and then you just messed up the whole thing yeah. and you forgot, the, you lost the premise or you're just there for the hits and try to get the views. Um, but that's why I wanted to have an A&R on. One of my friends, she's also an A&R um, and I wanted to get her side and her perspective because I was speaking to to Nico about how he's going through things, how he's, he's dealing with them and how he can't 
put a song out on a different platform because this one and and it's just it's, they try to tie you in and box you in so so much yeah. um but what has it been like dealing with ARs and and because I saw at the bottom it, it said um yeah I released it by myself okay um but yeah I think the only way I could describe it is like after bad mind I got to my like Kanye last call moment where it's like you got all these deals you got all these places like every major different like um and not good deals but deals that most artists in my position take yeah. which is really sad yeah. because i saw this thing brent fias just did on vice that was really transparent that i really loved where he just pretty much explained what like the past six months of my life has been it was like you get flown out to these different places these people try to you know win you over but then you look at that deal and it's like, sure, I got a quarter million dollar advance and like a $300,000 recording budget, but you're taking 82% of my shit? Shit, I made in my room by myself without none of y'all niggas. That's a lot, yeah. And then it's, I think you feel it even more when you are the producer and the engineer mm-hmm. and you're like, y'all just weren't there for this. And this is my retirement plan. Like, these are my masters. These are, when I'm 40, I want to still be making money on bad. When I'm 40, I still want to be making money on these days. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just feels wrong and and you go into the labels and on a race level you feel like man i'm sitting in this 26 story building built on black artists that made the wrong decision right like i'm sitting on miles davis's masters that he wasn't smart enough to not smart what he wasn't he didn't have the enough information to make the right decision at the time and you just don't want to be another notch in there you don't want to continue the cycle and even musically i feel like a lot of the artists i listen to are artists that are not just making incredible music but artists that are navigating the system in a unique way and unconsciously i feel like i resonate with those people the most where it's like my favorite albums this year were like been listening to brent fires a lot been listening to burner boy a lot been listening to benny a lot Um, uh my friend butcher yeah that's That's my but you and you feel in Benny's raps that like he's doing what I'm doing which is like mm-hmm. before I knew an A&R I was way hard back when Nicki Minaj was in a training bra where it's like mm-hmm. I did this shit myself who the fuck are y'all mm-hmm. and like I built this fan base by myself like mm-hmm. and now he's figured out his way to properly navigate in the industry now that he established his worth mm-hmm. but and he still can't even perform a Buffalo because they, right. they shut that down <clears throat> but there's so much shit you're going against and they want you to fail because Niggas like Benny, people like me, people like Brent, we threaten the entire construct. Mm-hmm. And they don't want you to win. And But you can't let that discourage you because there are good people in the music industry. There are good people that understand how fucked up the whole thing is. And they aren't moved by money, mm-hmm. which is something that's hard to find. Yeah. Um, they're moved by being a part of something important. And I'm finding that team right now, and I'm trying to construct my own version of a label mm-hmm. to that can compete you know with with artists science majors because um it's just really important in the same way that like you as like a black man talking about a relationship in a certain way might give someone permission you really got to navigate capitalism in the same way where it's like you got to show that like you can make it without like not like it's an old white man owning your masters mm-hmm. right you can make it you can do shows without this you can have fans without this you can tour the world without this because 
I think when I was making Bad Mind, I figured like, all right, I'm going to make this and someone's going to give me a big check and my life is going to be cool. And then that happened and I was like, this feels wrong. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at now. And like this, a lot of this project is just navigating that confusion, honestly, which mm-hmm. is, I feel like, something that I hope people relate to mm-hmm. of just like, you know, I want to do my thing. I want to do myself. Um, but the shit is hard to navigate and a lot of people play mental chess with you in a way that they convince you that your goals are what their goals are Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of artists really don't want to be the biggest artists in the world maybe you just want to have like a hundred thousand fans and tour the country and you know like why make a lot of money now but labels need to sell you on the idea that because that's what makes them the most money yeah so it's really important to be firm in that and understand that like if you're an artist, like none of the none of these niggas can make music. Like none of the, none of them can do what you do, and you can redefine pop if you like stay true to yourself, and you can do something that works. Like I, there's just so many. There's too many examples that give me inspiration. Like Lil Nas gives me so much inspiration. Like mm-hmm. just shit just blew up by himself, and now he's fucking in the Columbia office, being like, I want to do this, 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 and y'all can't really tell me shit. Because y'all didn't do this. Because he doesn't need them. Right. Yeah, you want to get to a point where you don't need them and then they need you. Yeah. And so you have leverage. Like Beyonce, yeah. she was like, I don't <laughs> want $45 million. I want to own this. Yeah. Give me less money, but I own this. So or like and, the and, deal, and, and, the deal like Donald, and I might get the numbers on this song, but the deal that RCA just gave Donald Glover mm-hmm. is like, they take 20% and then after five years they go back to owning zero percent and they gave him like millions of dollars in it like limitless money in an advance mm-hmm. but it's like all right cool like and then if you're self-aware you don't get like mad at that you just get like all right let me get my value up to donald glover's value because mm-hmm. rca just wants to be in the donald glover business because mm-hmm. that helps them sign new artists to be like yo we have donald yeah so it's really important to like not get mad at it and not get frustrated at it just like let me just get better let me drop more great songs. Let me drop more undeniable songs and then see how the conversation changes because Definitely. it's, uh, you reach a very frustrating part where you kind of realize that like everything that is sincere and worth doing is either one person's vision or a group of like-minded people's vision mm-hmm. and executed to its best ability. But then with labels, it's not even as much about money as is a part of like these A&Rs want to feel like a part of the process so that and feeling like a part of it is what makes them push you but when they feel like a part of it they make you do a bunch of bullshit that's not sincere to you the songs might be good but you can always hear an artist and be like that's not you like why are you doing that yeah so that goes back to the whole being authentic part but it's a riddle right because you want to be as big as possible and yourself but being as big as possible requires letting people be a part of your story that might not necessarily even understand your story Mm. and um that's where artists are right now and it's it's really confusing trying to financially figure out how to make being an artist work right now it's really complicated it's just it's a completely new world you know and we're honestly making the rules right now. So, like, there's yeah. no deal. That shit RCA gave Donald Glover that has not existed before. Or, like, that, mm-hmm. you know, people that come up like Griselda, where it's, like, just some random niggas from Buffalo that just consistently yeah. drop fire. Yeah. And now they get, like, a really good deal with Rock Nation. You got to... The only rule is you got to create value. That's the only rule right now. And then once you create value, they will meet you where you're at because they just want to be 
in the business of you. Facts. But you got to be patient because a lot of the most talented people I know just weren't patient enough. Like if they would have grounded out for like two more years, three more projects, they could have not gotten that like slave development deal from a major, but they were like, damn, I need money now. And mm -hmm. I, and being a black man, you understand why you do that. A $40,000 can change your life if you're in a really bad position in life. So I don't, I never get mad or try to shit on the people. I'm just mad at the system because it's really messed up. Yeah. Where can people find you, man? Uh, Twitter at D-O-N-N-Y-N-N-O-N. Instagram at D-O-N-N-Y-N-N-O-N. Cash app. D O N N Y N O N OnlyFans D O N Y N O N Yeah. That's only all socials. Uh everybody get the product. It's out now. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud too. Mm -hmm. SoundCloud, all the streaming services. Donovan, thank you, man. Oh, thank, thank you for sitting with me. I appreciate you. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace.